In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The last six days, or rather Sunday through Friday, I spent in Libertyville, Illinois, perfect place to celebrate the rebellion, right, on July 4th. Um, Actually, right there at Libertyville is the... National Shrine of Maximilian Kolbe. Conventual Franciscans have a shrine there, but next to that is Mundelein Seminary uh, and the University of Mary of the Lake. And the Archdiocese of Chicago has a splendid little partially air-conditioned retreat house called the Cardinal Stritch Retreat House. So I spend a week there every summer with some very, very uh, fine priests. And um, Libertyville was then where we spent the 4th of July. And rebellion is definitely a, a theme in the readings today, in the first reading and in the gospel. Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have revolted against me to this very day. Hard of face and obstinate of heart are they to whom I am sending you. But you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God. And whether they heed or resist, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that a prophet has been among them. In the face of rebellious people who even follow rebelliously, we teach with authority and calm our own rebellious heart. Our Lord encounters the exact same scenario. He sent to his own people, to a rebellious house. He teaches with authority. They even acknowledge his authority, but it offends them. And even those who do open their hearts to him do so rebelliously. Many times in the gospel, our Lord is praised for teaching with authority. He speaks not like the scribes. He speaks like someone who knows what he's talking about. He's not just regurgitating material for us. He's actually speaking about what he knows. He's describing for us what he sees. And he's praised for this in Jerusalem and in Judea, other parts of Galilee, but in his hometown, not so much. They observe the exact same characteristic. He teaches with authority. He doesn't teach like everyone else does. And they reject him for that. He doesn't work many miracles there except for a few sick people whom he was able to cure by laying his hands on them. Now consider that. As much as it describes that most people rejected him and other people received him, most people resisted, hindered his grace, a few people accepted his grace, It's also, it's described in such a way that it sounds like even the miracles he was able to do 
were modest. Remember how he brought sight to the blind man, and at first he wasn't able to see clearly. He saw figures. They were people, but he, he, they almost seemed like trees walking around. And then he had to wash again. Even when we are receiving God's grace, we, we can filter it, we can hinder it, we can slow it down and obstruct it, not completely, but obstruct, obstruct it partially. In the first reading from Ezekiel, recall how this description is made, and whether they heed or resist, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that a prophet has been, been among them. It almost sounds as though even those who heed you, they're going to do it rebelliously. Now, the people who reject you, that, that'll be complete. But even the people that, that sort of follow you won't do it with a peaceful, resolute heart. They will follow you rebelliously. One of the themes over the past week, or I would say the theme over the past week, taught by Father Paul Keller, a Dominican theologian, professor at the Athenaeum in Cincinnati, talking about the sacraments in the third part of the Summa of St. Thomas Aquinas, and specifically how St. Thomas observes the distinctions between the sign of the sacrament, the sign itself, so what is necessary for this sacrament to happen, sacrament before us, bread and wine, or the matter, the proper words of the form. What is the, the immediate effect of this sacrament happening? Well, the presence of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ on the altar. That's the resid sacramentum, the thing in the sacrament. But what's the ultimate goal of this sacrament, which St. Thomas Aquinas refers to as the res tantum, the thing itself, the ultimate goal? Union with Christ, union with the entire church, healing of sin, preservation of faith, perseverance until the end. There are some who rebel against Christ and his church such that the sacrament doesn't even happen. There's a joke about a particular religious order which would be untoward for me to repeat. But the joke goes something like this. What is different? What changes? Goodness gracious, I should have written it down. God doesn't want me to tell the joke. What's different about a particular kind of liturgy? Everything changes except for the bread and the wine. It takes a certain amount of humility. It's like marriage. It takes a certain amount of humility to allow ourselves to conform to the nature of this sacrament, to the nature of the consecration, and then new life comes about. It doesn't mean we're holy. doesn't mean we're perfect. It means we, we cooperated with the bare minimum for God to bring life into the world. The priest has to say the right words. Sadly, some decide not to. It has to be bread. It has to be wine. That's simple. 
I know it's, it sounds like fables, especially when we're in this beautiful bubble of all these great parishes around us. But sometimes we don't have to travel too far to realize that sometimes um, really, really awful things happen at the altar when it should always be reverent and beautiful and sacred. So sometimes there's a complete rebellion and the sacrament doesn't even happen. But sometimes there's a partial rebellion. The sacrament happens, but we obstruct its ultimate effect. Yes, we acknowledge our Lord. We even worship him. We receive him. But we can still possibly obstruct his grace and limit how much he does in us. We take consolation in knowing that he is is in us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, but we don't want to be perfectly conformed to him. We still want to rebel a little bit. We don't want to be conformed to his his church. We, We still want to be more individual than ecclesial. And we're, 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 the idea of persevering to the end or being perfectly cleansed from sin might not even appeal to us because we, we sort of like our slightly soiled way of life. Even we follow our Lord rebelliously sometimes. We receive sacraments but their ultimate effect, the fullness of their grace, is hindered. It remains latent in us. A man and a woman who marry, really and truly marry, they are pledged to each other to love and be faithful to each other no matter what till the end of their lives. But still it's another conversion, it's another act of generosity to persevere in loving generously, truly laying down your life not just merely being willing to remain faithful to the other person until you breathe your last. Receiving the sacrament of confirmation and knowing that, yes, the Holy Spirit is coming into me and I receive power from on high, but, but, but that soul can still limit being able to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and being able to, to have that power of the Holy Spirit have effect and be fruitful. How, how beautiful it is then in, a, in the manger and on the cross to see our Lord do much more than simply come into the world to, to shed blood and to redeem us and then be done with it. It wasn't enough for him to do just the, to just the bare minimum, to do what, what needed to be done. He laid down his entire life every moment every heartbeat. He heard the word of the Father and obeyed him. So we ask the Lord to remind us, as he did in the opening prayer again and again, that he has rescued us from slavery. 
And he has given us eternal gifts. And he loves us so much that he even puts up with our our rebelliousness. He doesn't reject us immediately. He doesn't treat us as we deserve, whether it be what we deserve for our sins or what we deserve for our incomplete good deeds. He's willing to make up for our incomplete faith. He wants us to worship him, even though we're not yet perfect. Mary and the saints and the Holy Spirit make up for what's imperfect in our love and our worship. But the goal always has to be in mind. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.